Welcome to the Nonlinear Library, where we use text-to-speech software to convert the best writing from the rationalist and EA communities into audio. This is The Science of Winning at Life, Part 1 Scientific Self-Help The State of Our Knowledge, published by Lou Prague. Part of the sequence The Science of Winning at Life. Some have suggested that the less wrong community could improve readers' instrumental rationality more effectively if it first caught up with the scientific literature on productivity and self-help, and then enabled readers to deliberately practice self-help skills and apply what they've learned in real life. I think that's a good idea. My contribution today is a quick overview of scientific self-help what professionals call the psychology of adjustment. First I'll review the state of the industry and the scientific literature, and then I'll briefly summarize the scientific data available on three topics in self-help study methods, productivity, and happiness. The industry and the literature. As you probably know, much of the self-help industry is a sham, ripe for parody. Most self-help books are written to sell, not to help. Pop psychology may be more myth than fact. As Christopher Buckley, 1999, writes, the more people read self-help books, the more they think they need them. It's more like an addiction than an alliance. Where can you turn for reliable, empirically based self-help advice? A few leading therapeutic psychologists, for example Albert Ellis, Arnold Lazarus, Martin Seligman, have written self-help books based on decades of research, but even these works tend to give recommendations that are still debated, because they aren't yet part of settled science. Lifelong self-help researcher Clayton Tucker Ladd wrote an updated psychological self-help, PDF, over several decades. It's a summary of what scientists do and don't know about self-help methods, as of about 2003, but it's also more than 2,000 pages long, and much of it surveys scientific opinion rather than experimental results, because on many subjects there aren't any experimental results yet. The book is associated with an internet community of people sharing what does and doesn't work for them. More immediately useful is Richard Wiseman's 59 Seconds. Wiseman is an experimental psychologist and paranormal investigator who gathered together what little self-help research is part of settled science, and put it into a short, fun, and useful Malcolm Gladwell-ish book. The next best popular level general self-help book is perhaps Martin Seligman's What You Can Change and What You Can't. Two large books rate hundreds of popular self-help books according to what professional psychologists think of them, and offer advice on how to choose self-help books. Unfortunately, this may not mean much because even professional psychologists very often have opinions that depart from the empirical data, as documented extensively by Scott Lillenfeld and others in science and pseudoscience in clinical psychology and navigating the minefield. These two books are helpful in assessing what is and isn't known according to empirical research, rather than according to expert opinion. Lillenfeld also edits the useful journal Scientific Review of Mental Health Practice, and has compiled a list of harmful psychological treatments. Also see Nathan and Gorman's A Guide to Treatments That Work, Roth and Fonagy's What Works for Whom, and, more generally, Stanovich's How to Think Straight About Psychology. Many self-help books are written as one-size-fits-all, but of course this is rarely appropriate in psychology, and this leads to reader disappointment, Norman Chang, 2000. But psychologists have tested the effectiveness of reading particular problem-focused self-help books, Bibliotherapy 1 for example, it appears that reading David Burns' Feeling Good can be as effective for treating depression as individual or group therapy. Results vary from book to book. There are at least four university textbooks that teach basic scientific self-help. The first is Vitan, Dunn, and Hammer's Psychology Applied to Modern Life Adjustment in the 21st Century. It's expensive, but you can preview it here. Others are Santrock's Human Adjustment, Duffy et al.'s Psychology for Living, and Nevitt and Rathis' Psychology and the Challenges of Life. If you read only one book of self-help in your life, I recommend Vitan, Dunn, and Hammer's Psychology Applied to Modern Life. Too unfortunately, 
like Tucker Ladd's Psychological Self-Help, many sections of the book are an overview of scientific opinion rather than experimental result, because so few experimental studies on the subject have been done. In private correspondence with me, Leiden remarked, You're looking for substance in what is ultimately a black hole of empirical research basically, almost everything written on the topic emphasizes the complete lack of evidence. Perhaps I am overly cynical, but I suspect that empirical tests are non-existent because the authors of self-help and time management titles are not at all confident that the results would be favorable. Hence, they have no incentive to pursue such research because it is likely to undermine their sales and their ability to write their next book. Another issue is that many of the authors who crank out these titles have little or no background in research. In a less cynical vein, another issue is that this research would come with all the formidable complexities of the research evaluating the effectiveness of different approaches to therapy. Efficacy trials for therapies are extremely difficult to conduct in a clean fashion and because of these complexities require big bucks in the way of grants. Other leading researchers in the psychology of adjustment expressed much the same opinion of the field when I contacted them. A sampling of scientific self-help advice. Still, perhaps scientific psychology can offer some useful self-help advice. I'll focus on two areas of particular interest to the less wrong community, studying and productivity, and on one area of general interest happiness. Study methods. Organize for clarity the information you want to learn, for example in an outline, Einstein and McDaniel 2004, Tigner 1999, McDaniel et al. 1996. Cramming doesn't work, Wong 2006. Set up a schedule for studying, all good et al. 2000. Test yourself on the material, Carpick and Rodiger 2003, Rodiger and Carpick 2006a, Rodiger and Carpick 2006b, Agarwal et al. 2008, Butler and Rodiger 2008, and do so repeatedly, with 24 hours or more between study sessions, Rohrer and Taylor 2006, Seabrook et al. 2005, Sepeda et al. 2006, Rohrer et al. 2005, Carpick and Rodiger 2007. Basically use on key. To retain studied information more effectively, try acrostics, Herman et al. 2002, The Link Method, Ixeno 1996, Worth in 1997, and The Method of Loci. Masson and Viterot Plunek 2006, Moen de Beni 2004, Moen de Beni 2005. Productivity. Unfortunately, there have been fewer experimental studies on effective productivity and time management methods than there have been on effective study methods. For an overview of scientific opinion on productivity, I recommend pages 121 to 126 of Psychology Applied to Modern Life. According to those pages, common advice from professionals includes Doing the right tasks is more important than doing your tasks efficiently. In fact, too much concern for efficiency is a leading cause of procrastination. Say no more often, and use your time for tasks that really matter. Delegate responsibility as often as possible. Throw away unimportant tasks and items. Keep a record of your time use. Quantified self can help. Write down your goals. Break them down into smaller goals, and break these into manageable tasks. Schedule these tasks into your calendar. Process notes and emails only once. Tackle one task at a time, and group similar tasks together. Make use of your downtime, plane rides, bus rides, doctor's office waitings. These days, many of your tasks can be completed on your smartphone. Why the dearth of experimental research on productivity? A leading researcher on the topic, Pierre Steele, explained to me in personal communication. Fields tend to progress from description to experimentation, and the procrastination field is just starting to move towards that direction. There really isn't very much directly done on procrastination, but there is more for the broader field of self-regulation it should transfer as the fundamentals are the same. For example, 
I would bet everything I own that goal setting works, as there, are, about, a thousand studies, on it in the motivational field, just not specifically on procrastination. On the other hand, we are building a behavioral lab so we can test many of these techniques head-to-head, something that sorely needs to be done. Steele's book on the subject is The Procrastination Equation, which I highly recommend. Happiness. There is an abundance of research on factors that correlate with subjective well-being, individuals' own assessments of their happiness and life satisfaction. Factors that don't correlate much with happiness include age, 3 gender, 4 parenthood, 5 intelligence, 6 physical attractiveness, 7 and money 8, as long as you're above the poverty line. Factors that correlate moderately with happiness include health, 9 social activity, 10 and religiosity.11 factors that correlate strongly with happiness include genetics, 12 love and relationship satisfaction, 13 and work satisfaction.14. For many of these factors, a causal link to happiness has also been demonstrated with some confidence, but that story is too complicated to tell in this short article. Conclusions. Many compassionate professionals have modeled their careers after George Miller's, 1969, call to give psychology away to the masses as a means of promoting human welfare. As a result, hundreds of experimental studies have been done to test which self-help methods work, and which do not. We humans can use this knowledge to achieve our goals. But much work remains to be done. Many features of human psychology and behavior are not well understood, and many self-help methods recommended by popular and academic authors have not yet been experimentally tested. If you are considering psychology research as a career path, and you want to, 1. Improve human welfare, 2. Get research funding, 3. Explore an underdeveloped area of research, and 4. Have the chance to write a best-selling self-help book once you've done some of your research, then please consider a career of experimentally testing different self-help methods. Humanity will thank you for it. Thanks for listening. To help us out with the nonlinear library or to learn more, please visit nonlinear.org.